Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello and welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Scout Sobel, your host. And today we do not have my daughter, Lily, as the co-host. As I was listening back to the last episode, I was like, yeah, you... uh, you could hear that baby uh, making little noises and screaming throughout a lot of that episode. So apologies if the audio experience on last week's episode was not up to par. As I said earlier, we're making it work. But today I am solo. I am in the studio at the Scouts Agency's offices and I am focused, present, and ready to talk about something that I believe a lot of entrepreneurs believe they can't have which I also believed I couldn't have. Um, But I'm here to guide the way and inspire all of you entrepreneurs to know that you can take a maternity leave. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to take a maternity leave as an entrepreneur, since I find that that is one of the biggest fears. A lot of women have been telling me that they run their own business and they want children and they're thinking about starting a family, but they're so worried about how they're going to juggle both or how they're going to take enough time away from work to really bond with their baby as well as transition themselves into the new identity and role of motherhood. I mean, I know I was terrified by that concept. I think as entrepreneurs, we're like, wait a minute, I can leave and not look at my inbox and my business will continue? So we're going to get into all that because I believe that I truly set my business up beautifully for me to take a maternity leave. I also, in that successful time period, was able to dispel myths and fears that I had going into taking a maternity leave. And I knew that while I was becoming a mom and in those early weeks of Lily's life, I knew that I wanted to talk about this concept 
with entrepreneurs because it is something that is different. Our maternity leave is different than if you are a W-2 employee or, or yeah, if you're a W-2 employee and that's a fact. And so, but just because it's different doesn't mean it doesn't get to happen and it doesn't mean that we don't get to have support within that really precious and important time in our lives as we become moms. So here are the ways that I gave myself a successful maternity leave and here are the ways that I set up my business so that you can start thinking of the same whether you are expecting or whether you want to be a mom in the future and you can start implementing these things into your business now so that when the time comes, you can successfully step back and take that time with your new baby. So let's get into it. (sighs) First, I should give a little bit of a summary of what my maternity leave did look like. So I took four weeks off everything. I did not once look at my email or my inbox, which was crazy. I've never not looked at my email for that long. I did it once when I went to Tulum for my 30th birthday for like six days, and that's it. I did not get on any calls. Like I had no calls planned. I didn't podcast. I did jump on some team calls, but that was like because I was awake and I just fed Lily and I knew the team was meeting and I like hopped on and showed them Lily and said hi. So I did check in with my team, but... I had nothing on my calendar. My Google Cal notifications were off because there was nothing on there. My email notifications were off and my Slack notifications were off for four weeks straight. I jumped in at week four, but that was my choice and we're going to get into that. So the first thing that I want to offer everybody is that if you want to start a business, if you are an entrepreneur and have a business and you don't believe that entrepreneurs can take maternity leaves, true maternity leaves, I want to dispel that limiting belief right here, right now. I want to first settle the fear. I want to break through what that thought is. And the thought is, if the thought is I can't have a maternity leave because I'm an entrepreneur, I want us to debunk that right here and right now. That is a fear-based, ego-based belief that has crept up into our system that says that as entrepreneurs, our businesses cannot succeed without us and we need to be involved in our businesses in every nook, cranny, day, second, moment, minute, week, hour, month for it to run beautifully. That is simply not the case. If you set your business up the right way. Being an entrepreneur, yes, there is a very large amount of responsibility on your shoulders. You are the leader of the ship. If you have a team, you are responsible for that team. If you are in charge of revenue, you are responsible for the cash flow of your business. You're responsible for the future vision. You're responsible for the way it operates. And you also get to take a step back and have your business take on a life of its own and support itself without your physical and mental presence 24-7. Now, this is probably, in addition to setting up maternity leave, a beautiful conversation around how to set your business up so that you don't need to be attached to it. It's something that my team and I have been working on here at Scouts Agency is that technically I should be able to walk away, 
put somebody else in the position of CEO and this business should run the same. That is the sign of a healthy business, that it's not dependent on one person. Now, that's not any like foreshadow and indication that that's what I want. However, I want to build Scouts Agency to a point where if I said, hey, I'm taking two weeks off and walking away, I don't have to set up the systems to do that. I don't have to move through fear. I don't have to be worried or anxious. I know that I've set my business up so that I could do something like that. And at the end of the day as entrepreneurs, or at least for me as an entrepreneur, I got into this because I wanted autonomy and I wanted freedom. And sure, in the beginning, don't get me wrong, it's a grind and your business needs you just like having a baby. Your baby needs you in the beginning all the time. And then as your business gets older, as you start setting up systems, as you start relinquishing control, you build a business ecosystem where the business has a life of its own. The pulse is not you. You are not the heart of the business. The business has its own heart and you are just nurturing the bigger picture. So this is something that being pregnant taught me. When I got pregnant, for those who have been listening for a while and have been following my journey with this, you all know that pregnancy knocked me out. I was used to operating at like 125% capacity and pregnancy put me at 30% capacity on a daily basis if I'm being generous, especially in that first trimester. It got up to like 40 to 50% as time went on, but I was pretty knocked down my whole pregnancy. And so in that, all of a sudden I had a business to run, but I didn't necessarily have the capacity or the physical well-being because I was sick so much to be present for it in the time capacity that I was previously. And one would think that, holy shit, if I can't If I have to dial back my hours and my attention span and my business from 100% to 30%, like my revenue will drop that much. My business won't grow that much. Balls will be dropped. Things will happen. And that is not true. In 2022, last year, I got pregnant in February, was pregnant until November, and then went on a maternity leave. So basically all of 2022, I was not at full capacity by any stretch of the imagination, my business grew 75%. And I'll tell you why. We believe that our constant attention, our constant to-do list, our constant physical and mental presence in our business is the reason why our business is successful. In reality, that belief is probably keeping us from prioritizing, cutting the fat, and getting really clear on the next steps. It's probably distracting us from the small percentage of an avenue in your business that you could just increase the lever on and have it soar because it's filling you with this fear that you have to be here and that you have to constantly be checking everything. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons that entrepreneurs get to learn as they go from entrepreneur to CEO. It's a different level of leadership. The entrepreneur or the solopreneur is doing everything themselves But stepping into that CEO leadership requires us to get strategic with our time, to work smarter, not harder, to cut the fat, to prioritize, to delegate, to trust, and to set up the systems so that your business can operate without you. And sometimes that pulls on the ego, right? Like, but I want my business to operate. If someone else is bringing in more money than I am, am I really the owner? Um, If someone else does it better than I do, is it really my business? These are limiting beliefs. 
They are the things that got us here, but they aren't the things that are going to get our business to the next level. So thank you to my hard pregnancy for teaching me that because out of necessity, out of need, I had to get incredibly smart and strategic about what my workload was, what the business was going to focus on, what our revenue goals were going to be, and how I could empower my team to be functioning in, an, in a really inspirational way, in a really uh, fulfilling way to hit the bottom line so that we could survive and then thrive because we grew 75% and I was honestly barely here. So that's the first thing. Let's just dispel the myth. I've seen so many female entrepreneurs take a full three months, full, full three months, and I've seen many female entrepreneurs be working at day three. Maybe they wanted to, maybe they didn't. It depends on every person. But before we even talk about the systems, I want to dispel the belief that just because you're an entrepreneur, that means you don't get a maternity leave. It's not true. And I want to start helping you implement the systems and structures and the way you think about your business to set yourself up for when the time comes if you are someone who is looking to have children. If you are not looking to have children, this is also an excellent episode because it teaches you how to be able to set up a business that you can walk away from for a certain amount of time and have it still run successfully without you. Pregnancy was just the accelerator to get me to that point. So, okay, limiting belief, identified we're going to, we're dispelling it. It's a myth. It's a uh, vehicle for fear. It doesn't need to live within our subconscious anymore. And we are now taking the appropriate actions and steps to know that as an entrepreneur, say it with me, I get, and I deserve to have a maternity leave. Sure. Will it come with different challenges than a traditional one? Yes. But starting a business comes with different challenges than other career paths. So we're already signed up for that role anyways. Okay. Let's talk about tip number one. So when I started to realize that my pregnancy was really limiting me in my physical and mental capacity, I got very clear on what my roles were for the business. I do a lot. I do this podcast. I do Oasis podcast. I am responsible for sales of the agency, team management, business leadership, business growth, development, finances, payroll, HR, you name it, right? So I had to get really clear on what my bottom line responsibilities were first and which part of those responsibilities were the things that really moved the business forward. So amongst that long list of things that I just listed off to you all, the main thing that I do, the main thing that supports the bottom line today, or I'll put us back into the time frame of last year, the main part of my role that was going to fulfill the bottom line of my business in that moment was sales. I am in charge of bringing in clients to Scouts Agency. I am in charge of bringing in revenue and that revenue supports a team of seven. It supports us having this office. It supports health benefits and the team culture bonding things that we do and all of the exciting things that we're up to, the little extra frills, etc. So I got really clear on that is the most important thing that I do in this business. So if I were to take away everything, I would have to take away, uh, you know, I stopped this podcast earlier on before I went on maternity leave because that was the thing that didn't necessarily need to happen in that moment. I 
didn't travel up to LA for OKSIS. We recorded virtually. I made these little tweaks to all of my other responsibilities and made sure that my number one priority was sales and signing clients and bringing in the revenue for the year. So knowing that that was my priority and where I could on a much more practical level drive the business this year and just help it run like bottom line, During my pregnancy, that was always the thing I prioritized. So there's a lot that I wanted to do last year. I canceled and paused a project for the Emotional Entrepreneur, as you all know, um, which I'm allowing my intuition to let me know when the right time is to launch that as I continuously... uh, As I continuously adjust my priority list as a growing business owner and now a mom. Um, But... During my pregnancy, I identified that that was kind of, not kind of, that was the number one bottom line job. So that came first before anything else that I did. Sales was my first and foremost biggest responsibility in this business. And so if I knew that, then I could prioritize things on my calendar to be towards sales calls or to be towards sales emails to nurturing those relationships. So in 2021, at the end of the year, we did a sales report. So we looked at how many calls I got on, who signed, what our conversion rate was on calls, how many cold emails we sent, how many were referrals, how many submitted the intake form to work with us at Scouts Agency so that we could run these women's podcast tours. And so identifying that conversion rate was really helpful because I knew that I converted X amount of clients, potential clients that I got on a call with. So we were able to mathematically apply that to my role last year. So this is something where we sh- we did this and you should be doing this regardless if you're about to go on a maternity leave or not, but if you are um, if your business is dependent on client relations and sales in that respect, Looking at your sales data was something that we really set up last year. We put it into our CRM on Monday and tracked all of our sales leads. So helpful. So I knew that I had to get on X amount of calls to sign X amount of clients, give or take. And I knew that I was going to step away from my business at the end of the year. So this is without a doubt, the most important thing I did for my maternity leave. I assumed that I would not be back to work until February 1st, three months after I gave birth. February 2nd. Sorry, sorry. She was born on November 2nd. I batched. I want to say batch because I'm a podcaster, but I backlogged or frontlogged or whatever. I overcompensated my work during my pregnancy to cover for November, December, and January. So I'm just going to throw this number out. It's a completely random number. It is not based on our sales fact, but let's just say I have to hop on 10 calls a month to sign four clients, right? What I would do, what I would say, okay, well, if I'm going to take November, December, and January off, that's 10 calls per month. That's 30 extra calls I need to fit in before I have this baby to cover that time that I am gone. So in my second and third trimester, I was doubling, tripling down on sales calls because I knew from a mathematical data point from last year that I needed to fit X amount of calls in a shorter amount of window to continue this sales machine to be successful. So I, one, identified my main, main driving factor in this business, the thing that contributes the most, the place that 
really only I'm set up to do, the area that I can really push the bottom line further. And then I decided, okay, what is it going to take for me to double down on that aspect of my business so that when I'm gone, I've already technically done the work of those three months. I've just done it earlier. So I cut the fat, cut all the things that didn't necessarily contribute to the bottom line in that moment. And I doubled down on the areas that moved the business forward so that I could take those time off. So that was my main thing, sales. That was my goal. When I go on maternity leave, I want November and December and January to be booked out. And very grateful to say that in October, uh, we had booked out November and December. So I did my job. So that's the first thing, getting really clear on your priorities, really clear on what aspects of your job move the bottom line and doubling down on those so that you have created the momentum, you've created the work, and you've done the things that need to be done by the time you get to go on maternity leave. So, you know, we don't want to roll up (laughs) eight months pregnant and realize that we didn't do the things that need to be done to compensate for your position being offline for a couple months. So the best thing I did was I approached my workload with the idea that for those three months, my main job had to be covered before I left maternity leave. Number two, I trusted and empowered my team. I was clear about where I was at, what my capacity was at, and I was clear and communicative on what they needed to do to hit their job and the bottom line without me being involved or without me being there to soundboard off of or pick up the pieces or etc. So a lot of the times as business owners, we are afraid to let our team do it all on them by themselves because we feel as if something's going to go wrong or it's your reputation on the wall, etc. The best way for your team to get good at what they do is to remove yourself from their job. You cannot be their crutch. You cannot save the day. You have to empower your team to rise into a level of leadership where they take ownership for their position in your business. So this was hard. And I'm so grateful for getting pregnant and my maternity leave because I was forced to do this. And every entrepreneur fears that if their team is super empowered to do everything without you, that the business is going to go to shit. But it's not true. You hired your team for a reason. You believe in your team for a reason. You trust your team for a reason. You have to back away from the fear and let the team do their thing. So how did I empower and inspire my team in this way? I had so many meetings with our director at Scott's Agency, Heather, about her roles and responsibilities, about the strategy for the year, about what our goals are, about what I want us to hit, and what I was going to take and where the team had to take ownership over. It was overly communicating. And then I set up the team for success before I left, you know? I recorded Loom videos of any part of my job that just in case Heather had to hop into, she could. She had access to my accounts, how to send out contracts, finances, all that kind of stuff. So um, there was that. There was like the strategic and practical point. And then the other way that I really poured into my team was that at the end of the year, they all got bonuses and they all got raises that they didn't expect were coming. Because I will say this 
1 million times over and over and over. If you treat your team well, your business will grow. If you treat your team well, you as a business owner will be more fulfilled, more successful, and able to sit better in your zone of genius. And so I got super clear about the fact that I want to be able to be with my baby. I want the space to figure out what this next this next role of my life is going to look like. And in order to do that and step away, I have to trust, empower, and inspire my team. And of course, the kind of like preventative or foundational way to work this is that you have to hire the right people, which is a whole other conversation, and nurture the right talent. So if you are not pregnant right now and you want to scale your business to a place where you can step back, uh, I will do a whole episode on how to nurture and grow and hire the right team because I believe I have hit the absolute fucking jackpot at Scouts Agency. The six women who work for this business are beyond. I mean, not only are they incredibly talented, smart, ambitious, and genuine women, they are incredible at their job. And it's difficult to build a team. And so that is something that I've been cultivating years before I got pregnant. And that's something that if you haven't started today, start thinking about where can I pour into my team, pay your team right, bonuses, raises, uh, mental health support, health benefits, team dinners, bonding, good office culture, whatever it is you can do today. I know as a startup and a small business, it can be hard on the finances at time, but I promise you, invest in your team full-time, W-2 employees, and you will watch your business grow. So two, I set the team up. I was overly communicative. I gave them the systems and processes. I delegated job responsibilities and everyone was incredibly clear about what those three months were going to look like with me on maternity leave. And the third tip is do whatever the fuck you want. Truly, like truly. And okay, I'll step back. That was a little aggressive. What I mean by that is... I didn't know if I would want to be away from work when I had a baby. I didn't know. Like, I had no idea how I was going to feel. And so I gave myself that flexibility. I didn't say I have to not work for three months. I didn't say I would be back by week two. I didn't say anything. I prepared myself from a job standpoint to take three months off for the business to run without me for three months, and I took it as it went. The best thing I could have done was not place any sort of have to show up on my calendar for November, December, and January. There was never anything that I had to show up for. There was no obligations on my behalf, and that allowed me the time and space to figure out what I needed to take care of my physical recovery from my C-section, to take care of my newborn, and to figure out this new job as a mother. And not having anything on the calendar and, and setting myself up for an expectation of being gone for three months allowed me at week four to say, you know what, I'm ready to hop in in a minimal capacity. I'm ready to do a little bit. I I love my business. I miss my team. I miss my clients. I want to know what's going on. I'm, I'm excited to hop back in. I knew that my energy levels were at a point where I was like, yes, give me, I want to, let me open my email. You know, I was ready, but I wasn't ready to have a booked out calendar. I wasn't ready to have a million calls in the calendar. And I was clear on that. So I, second month, 
uh, just did emails and started recording OKCES podcast. Those are the two things that I did. I would join team calls about twice a week, do emails, and um, do OKCES podcast. That was what I did. And then January, which was month three, I said, okay, let me in. I'm jumping on the calls. I'm back. And that's when I started working basically full-time in January, which was a total transition and a lot difficult, but much more difficult um, than I expected. But that was the biggest gift I gave to myself was that there wasn't anything on my calendar that I had to be at. And I chose every step of the way during those three months, the workload that I wanted on my calendar. Now, in that first month where I was not looking at my inbox, it wasn't like I was clueless to what was happening in my business. If I felt good, I think Heather and I had about three touch point meetings during those first four weeks where she just kind of updated me on some of the stuff, high level. She didn't get into too much detail because she knew I'd probably go insane and hyper-focus and, you know, go way too into it. But I was in communication with my team. I was in communication with how things were. And if there was a big fire emergency, my team knew that they could call me and that I would help them. Um, spoiler alert, nothing bad happened. Literally like no fires. Everything went beautifully. Um, I was gone for four weeks and my business ran impeccably, like impeccably. And I attribute that to my team. I attribute that to the way I was able to get incredibly clear and zone in and specific as a leader, um, our level of prioritization, as well as the level of inspiration and empowerment that my team had to really own these months for themselves. So that's how I took a real maternity leave. I mean, real in air quotes, because I did go back month two. But again, that was a decision I made because I was like wanting to go back. I was going with my energy and looking back, I'm so grateful that I had those four weeks where I didn't even need to plug into work at all because those were necessary. Those were necessary for me. So if you are expecting or if you want to be a mom and an entrepreneur one day and you're worried about this maternity leave, start now thinking of ways that you can delegate and empower your team to take on the areas of your business that are not your role anymore. Think about cultivating that team and having them be empowered in their job. Get used to delegating. Smash that limiting belief that you can't take time off because you're the business owner and really get clear on your role and what drives the bottom line based off of your zone of genius so that you can go all in on there Cut the fat, release everything else, don't buy into the distractions, and move forward with a focused game plan because you can take time off when you have a baby. Or you could just take time off to go on a vacation. You could also do that too. So that is how I set myself up for maternity leave, for success, for four beautiful, blissful weeks with my baby girl, for then a month of like part-time nourishing work and then going full force back to work by month three. It's been, it's been a hell of a three and a half months, I'll put it that way. But I'm so grateful for the intentional work I did in my business before then. If this episode was supportive in any way, I would be so grateful for a five-star rating and review. And if you know of an entrepreneur who is pregnant 
or expecting, adopting, whatever it is, feel free to text this to them so that they can know that they can take that time off, that they can empower their business to run beautifully without them and give themselves that space to be with their baby. And if this is you, if you are expecting, I hope this was supportive and I'm so excited for you. I really, really am. Okay, emotional entrepreneurs, follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel for daily reflections on my business and being a mom, all of the things. And with that, I'll catch you next episode.